Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the SDI podcast. Uh, Nicola and Johanna are back this time. Johanna today, Hello. Johanna, today Hello. it's a browser. Yes, I'm a private browser today. A this private is... browser. Let's see this when is... we will have the face reveal. Yeah, I, no, no, I think I, I think we have already established that I am, a, I am an, an AI, so. Yeah, this is <laughs> AI face reveal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a private browser now. Okay, so <laughs> every time you are a different thing. It's a self-learning machine. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a private one. AI care about privacy. Yeah. It's the privacy AI. Okay, we have some topics for today. So since uh, episode three had audio issue in the recording, if we can say it like this. <laughs> it died. <laughs> and yeah, we uh, so we spoke, uh, had a nice conversation over there and we are trying to maybe have it again. And so we will start with uh, some... We should, have, we should have written down and scripted and then start reading yeah. in a fancy way. No, we just freestyle everything <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, we will start with some autonomous driving cars. It's actually a quite a hot topic now, nowadays since the news in these last days. We can have a discussion over there and then Nicola will introduce some statistic uh, in quality control that's uh, let's see how uh, can we keep it Whoa. interesting and uh, and simple how, how without simple going too hardcore keep it. the what how simple we can keep it yeah let's see <laughs> well at least to say <laughs> what it is and what what why it's uh, important in any process yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> and then uh well Johanna is gonna have something to speak about i'm not gonna spoil it now He's private. He doesn't want his things to be said all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm very private. Talking about privacy. Yeah, and uh, since uh, we said every time since now, but uh, maybe we start to do it. We have three games during the podcast, and uh, we do one with the video and one with the audio. So I guess that since nobody listens to this until the end, we can do one at the beginning now, and then we do the video. Now we do the video now and the audio at the end. So I'm gonna put okay. it up the screen like this. Okay. Oh shit! And I have to take that. <laughs> Show it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can get it. Put it on Steam. Have fun. Yeah, it's quite a nice game. But yeah. So before we start, anything cool that happened this week that you want to speak about? Actually, about. Uh... AIs and and all this. Um, I don't know if it happened this week. Actually, never mind. Never mind. Uh, something really cool that did actually happen this week. Mm -hmm. um, Microsoft uh, re released this uh, DirectX 12 uh, ray tracing. Key. Yes, I was <laughs> also thinking that was, we could speak about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was released uh, this Monday, I think, Monday or Tuesday. Um, Basically, the, the short version is that... Come on, you, have, yeah, you are a browser. We want to see stuff. <laughs> uh, ray tracing becomes uh, possible in, in real time, uh, for, for example, in games as well. Yeah, well, let's say that not yet, because the, the, the demo was... Uh, the NVIDIA demo was like three Titan X. Yeah, I mean, but it's... Uh... Very, very cheap stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a technology, technology for the... For the but future, it, basically, yeah. Kick yes. people. 
3D graphics is a lie. Uh, <laughs> as you see, it was uh, released on Monday, I think. Anyway, the, the short news is that uh, ray tracing is a method where you actually uh, shoot rays from the camera and then based on where, where the sort of the light bounces, that's the way you, how you color things. The other way is, um, uh, well, here you can yeah, the Star the Star Wars video is absurd. It looks like the real movie. Uh, what is yeah. that about? Uh, ray tracing is is a rendering method where you shoot rays from the camera, and you actually calculate the light light path, uh, so the path that the light travels, which makes these kind of things possible that you see on this wall here. You but see these reflections from, for example, this guy. It's basically physics based, kind of. Yeah. So it's a okay. physics-based rendering technique, whereas normally what's used for um, games and other real-time applications is, uh, it's not ray tracing, it's, um, I should remember this. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm I can't totally... remember my work. <laughs> well, it's, it's later today, you know, after yeah, okay. you start working, evening. you shut off your brain, that's completely normal. Yeah, I'm totally hitting like, but anyway, the... The other way, you, bro. Yeah, the yeah. other. You have other to show, ways. The, show the Star Wars thing because it's really. But wait, 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 wait! Is this done by a camera? You said so. You use a camera. No, 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 no. Uh, you have in rendering. You have these virtual cameras, so they're not oh. cameras. But but you, oh. okay. when you render a scene, you you position different cameras, and the cameras function as sort of as real cameras would. So they they are the ones that record the information you see in the scene. That that's what I meant with the camera. Let's yeah, we can quickly try to check out the Star Wars. No, just show uh, the well, picture. I don't know. Let's not show the video. Then it's uh, okay. co copyright okay. shit, and <laughs> you never know. But that's the point. This is like uh, it's not the movie. It's a completely three D render. Yeah, yeah. Nice. This is by a game well, engine. Yeah. I know. I know it's completely different things, but I've tried Ansel Nvidia Ansel on a a Blade game. And that was astonishing. That's the the new level of uh, screenshotting I, I things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have tried on a on know, on a game actually. I I, I I I heard it when I went about my my graphic card, but uh, I never used it. And uh, Hellblade made it easy to use because when you launch the game, the Nvidia Experience software tells you, hey, press these buttons and you can start answering. And, well, I, you know, I don't know if you play the game, but that game is super, um, how do I say, scenographic, like you have amazing places and pictures is great, models are great. So I actually played the whole story, pausing every time, doing answer just to see the models and all the details around. Maybe this, this thing is basically that you pause the game and you can take screenshot moving the camera inside the game. Like Yeah, you exactly. You everything. take control yeah. of, of a camera, you move around and you can change the the focal focus uh, the focal distance. So you have like wide range or more like focused um, mm. view. You can you can apply some sort of Filters like you would do on your mobile phone or your like digital cameras, like yeah, sepia yeah. or black and white stuff like that. 
silly stuff. But you know, it's cool though to to check how whatever people make games or they make you know all the models. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, in the Hellblade, they I think they used Unreal Engine for the game. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, actually indeed. released indeed. released a pretty cool uh, demo in GDZ. I don't actually know if it was this GDZ or the one before that. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But anyway, they had a, they had an actor uh, performing live somewhere sort of behind the scenes mm -hmm. and motion capturing her face and then showing her face as the uh, uh, player character. So basically they rendered the whole thing in real time. It's that the same that they did in the game. Like, the, yeah, yeah. Actually, the, was... the main character is it's a worker in the place she was doing some video production in the company and now she she became the ah, main the actress yeah <laughs> oh, that's cool that's she's cool. actually that's pretty, pretty cool, good yeah. she's yeah, pretty yeah, good really well done oh yeah quick note it was rasterization the other method which i which i completely blanked on so okay. ray tracing and rasterization are two methods of rendering yeah. a computer so let's scene. see how many years it's gonna take to Ray tracing to actually be used for real, and yeah, not requiring yeah. crazy amount of GPU power. Mm. Well, you know, could be useful, you know, to to make like for medical use stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, well, Johanna, you were showing the correct thing now. Okay. So we can uh, move to, to autonomous car, and do you want to start from the news of these days? Well, that's kind of a sad news, though. Yeah. Which, which I don't, I don't know. We can speak about that later. Stops you, man. <laughs> so yeah, the the other time we started to speak about the fact that um, autonomous car—they are gonna need some different way of doing things. Mostly with, uh, of course, it's basically software now, more than hardware that is changing. The hardware is all the sensors, okay, but those are kind of. I would say established and yeah. the software to drive the car is the new thing that has been studied a lot and uh, basically this requires a different approach to how the things are manufactured because before you just make the pieces the mechanical part of the car and that's it but now with the software and all this sensor system you need all the redundant system that you if someone fails the other one comes in and there is there's need some way to trace the problem anything that happens you want to know where it come from so this is a new way of doing things also in the industry level of the let's say the producer of the parts and uh, yeah so from there then you get uh, basically all the electronics needs to be done for the for the application and there is going a huge industrial development of this so maybe we'll, we can start from that point of view of the manufacturing side and yeah you can give it to nicola if you want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> give the, the the i don't know what to say Thank go you. here you go i'm gonna take the the, <laughs> the tours <laughs> Explain well, everything. I, I I would I would uh, uh how to put this uh I would put it in a very easy way that uh maybe we should divide it to the, the 
topic into automated cars and autonomous car. Now, having said that, uh, automated cars are deployed nowadays. We drive them. Uh, we have all sort of sensors, as we were mentioning before, that can adjust your speed, can tell you, hey, you're crossing the line. Hey, there's a red stop. There's a red traffic light. There's a, a person passing by crossing the road, so be careful. And there's an autonomous car that they drive for you and take a decision for you. Now, the latter is still, you know, in my opinion, still very, very early. I mean, we don't have any uh, prototype deployed uh, around. We, but so there's a lot of discussion about it. So, and uh, how to, I would say, to uh, make the whole architecture and make the structure like decision-based car, sort of. On the other hand, automated cars are more like realistic uh, development and production nowadays. By that, I mean that we have all sort of uh, companies, manufacturers that they, um, they market their own whatever top tier, super fancy car that can do some kind of automated action for you. Right. Look at Tesla, for example. Uh, Tesla, you know, if if you're talking about uh, automated uh, driving, all the cars that are sold now in the market, they they this sort of belongs to like a, a scale a levels, you know, where from one to five, where well, five is like zero to five. The zero is the, the shit that we. <laughs> zero, <Yeah. laughs> zero, zero of everything you do. Everything. <laughs> the good old panda. In exactly. <laughs> and you know, we 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 are, we have only level two, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe level three sold around. Um, they can be oh well, at least they can be sold like to be car. In our you know public streets. And uh, that has to do a lot of with uh, electronics, because in the end, um, it's not software-based. <laughs> software is something different. It's hardware, for example. You have inputs and outputs. Like it's like your yourself. Why why you're braking? Why if you're driving straight away? Why you're braking? Because maybe there's an object on the street, so you're detecting an object and make a reaction to that. So, so the reaction is basically handled by the software, kind of, if you want to say No, like no, 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 no. In, in a way, the decision what to do is... I'm of... talking about automated car, not autonomous car. Ah, okay, okay. So with that, for example, if there's an object, the car will slow down until make a safe stop. That's it. Because the, the, the system is made that if I see an object at X meter distance, I need to slow down. But it's kind of an embedded. So we, we can talk about software level when you talk about the logic, but it's not really software. I mean, it's the logic how you build your electronics that work in the way. Uh, think about 
the card doesn't take any decision for you. That's that's you taking yeah, yeah. decision. In, in that I mean, level, yeah. Yeah, it's what, basically what well, the it, card breaks automatically every time certain requirements are met, kind of. Another card is on top and then the card breaks or something. Yeah, I mean you make logic yeah, out yeah. of of your electronics and then you 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 put rules and then you say if I see something if I detect something, yeah, do uh slow down, give less power yeah. to, to the engine. Uh or or put more power into the brake system. So these kind of things, you can break it down. In the end, it's all controlled by electronics, by hardware-wise. Now, by software control, which you mentioned before, it's a very interesting topic, but it's very, very complicated because in that part, it's not like saying, I see something and now I need to react. That is more like, I need to take a decision. So we, we think every day as human beings, I, maybe we, we don't realize that, but we can think as what if something happened or what if something doesn't happen? Yeah. You can make this kind of prediction if you're in your head. A computer doesn't. A computer make take an input and make an output. That's it. So it's a very, very thin line between uh, what you have like a system working Captain, I mean, detecting an environment as an input and making an output, or a I can see the environment, so I get inputs. I can make outputs, but I can also create inputs that do not exist at the moment. So I'm taking the decision: what if something happens? This kind of level is, well, to me, is kind of scientific. Uh, well, kind of you know sci-fi things for the moment because I my mind cannot <laughs> picture a system in that way but uh that's very fascinating and I think that is the if now we're driving the car 4.0 version <laughs> that maybe is going to be the 5 or 6 or 10 yeah. point zero well, the version. 4 is already a car that <laughs> completely drive itself and you don't need to do anything so you probably have yeah. already level of autonomous where the car actually makes the decision. Well, uh, I don't want to talk all. <laughs> all yeah, no, all but no, no, of course we, could, we we have to ask Yuhuna at this point because if we go about software, he is the, <laughs> yes. the one that he's knows the about mastermind. the AA because he is he's the mastermind. So. <laughs> oh no, you're not giving many me any pressure to answer. Actually, uh, like. You are problem. an AI, so you should know about AI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. True, true. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot who I am. Yeah. For example, I will make I, I will ask a question to to Joanna. Mm -hmm. So because I I'm the hardware guy, so I can see things how they they're fabricated, they're manufactured, and they they are installed and yeah. integrated into a system. So assume that you have a car, mm -hmm. and you have like a, the most technological one, like the Renault Symbiote two, ten times oh well not ten. 1,000 times <laughs> even more technologic. Like uh -huh. <laughs> you have super sensors everywhere that can detect any kind of object and any kind of speed and for very, very far away. So you can detect everything. <laughs> a lot of data at, at the moment and at the seconds per seconds. Like the rate of data mm -hmm. coming, it's, it's a lot. Now you need to process all this data and uh, that becomes like taking decision based car. For example, 
I mean, mm-hmm. more like, for example, I'm driving, I mean, the, the car just is driving itself mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm not the driver. I was a, a guy inside the car <laughs> yes. waiting to reach destination. <laughs> the passenger. And yes. all, all of a sudden say, Hey, let's pass by and pick up Joe and go for an ice cream, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I communicate with the car and say, Hey, let's, let's make a change. So let's change the plan. I don't want to go in that place. I want to go to another place to pick up a friend and then go another place again. So the car needs to like, Hey, wait, I need to reroute everything, uh, still sensing what's going around me and take decision where to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. how would you, how would you process a software wise, uh, all this data coming to like processing units of the car or the brain of the car say, okay, let's do all this in a very structured, safe and clear way. You know, that's not so very simple question, but <laughs> never no, said but it was going to be simple. Yeah, point yeah. of view. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, try to answer as, as well as I can. Uh, well, first of all, I think the same thing applies as applies for any complicated uh, data management or data processing system. So if it's, is it a human brain or a robot car or a robot humanoid or whatever, um, you will have to, <clears throat> you will have to divide this problem into many, uh, let's, let's call them modules, many compartmentalized um, things. Basically the same thing as uh, in human brain, <clears throat> excuse me, roughly is that you get some raw input, uh, you make some very low level uh, sort of discrimination whether or not this data is important. For example, let's take an example where you're at a party and you're talking to someone, but there's also some background noise. Uh, the discrimination happens there uh, in the sense that you listen, you can, you're able to listen to your friend uh, even though there's random noise, even if it's a higher level noise or the volume is higher, but you're still able to discern what your friend is saying. Uh, and that, that sort of happens. It, it, it happens every time when you're concentrating on something uh, and there can be anything going on, be it uh, voice or, or noise or, or uh, visual things or whatever, you can sort of ignore these. So the same thing would have to happen for any uh, data processing thingy, like let, let's call it a car that drives itself. There has to be very low level discrimination that gets rid of the, let's say 95% of the useless things that are happening around it, which it's not interested in at all. Once, once that is done, uh, you can go to higher levels. Uh, you, you said that you're the person sitting in the car and you want to go pick up Joe and then go somewhere and, and so on. Well, at this point, there becomes another sort of layer that is processing information. The car is, is still in control and doing, doing, you know, the, everything it needs to do to actually drive, but there's now a, a separate thing, which is processing sort of the information based on your location and speed and where you want to go. I, I think Google maps already does this or any other uh, good GPS actually already does this very well. They uh, calculate the shortest route or the best route, depending on the traffic and whatever. So this is then again, a very 
different compartmentalized module that is processing information. So I, I guess the answer would be you would have to have many, very, very, very many uh, different modules that are specialized in some way and they communicate somehow and there's some sort of central processing loop that sort of handles these messages and then passes them around and so on. This so is my high-level view. What's something that is also cool in all of this is that, okay, you have a car, that, that's, that's not cool anymore. It's just a car. <laughs> it's been <laughs> there a hundred years, whatever. Uh, now you have all the sensors and stuff. Now they are becoming normal, I would say, at least mm -hmm. some of them. It's like becomes like the airbag and all this uh, uh, assistive control in the in the driving. They became normal kind of. But now with these self-driving cars, if the visibility is not always good, you need all the new mapping of the street. Like there is an image on your side and if you go to this uh mm -hmm. the, the web page of uh here do you mean this one yeah and also he, like yeah. he, here is one of the company that they do this uh, mapping for cars it's actually being bought from car manufacturers so and they are mapping all the streets in a completely different way than before now they you have to map the street and you need to have all the lanes so the car needs to know in which lane it is if you don't have any lanes on the on the road for example like in finland if during the winter you don't see the lanes because it's snow everywhere so mm. how is the car really seeing the lane so you have to have you maps know. that are so good and kept updated uh yeah that know mm, in which lane very, you are so the car that's knows actually a very good point yeah it's and you need okay gps is probably meter accurate but you need to distinguish from this to this other lane and this well, of course, it's done with the software of the car and sensor, but also with the mapping. And that adds Actually, this... a layer on top of it that is like the car drive itself, but it knows where to be with you the know, maps. You know, we, we, we should understand how these things works. And I think these things are very complicated because the, actually what a car does, what a, an autonomous car does, <laughs> it maps the surrounding. It keeps mapping. It's like It's like a... It's like you know uh, a bat yeah but it's mapping it something around. that it's mapped already in a kind of an archive that they can check so you can check the way it but needs to go and then mapping all the, the, surround surround the surrounding can change you have object moving around you yeah, yeah exactly you have, the other cars. you have kind of the active part and the more passive car part where you so know that actually if you see if you see how for example now we have nvidia nvidia has worked a lot on um on models on how to drive car like the ces last year they presented an autonomous car which was very very cool and was driving all the way along it could recognize stops so it would stop if it's like the sign stop yeah which is basically hey this is like a rule of the street so you need to stop around so the car is actually keeps looking around. So you have like a, an array of sensors all around 360 degrees around you, different kind of detector, detecting mode. So you have radars, lidars, lidars actually, and optical 
modes. So all these three sense a different spectrum of, you know, of the, of, uh, radiations frequencies. So you can see things in different ways. All the convolution of this data is what the car sees. Now you're talking about environment and thinking about Finland in the 20th of December, for example, might be very hard to detect the street compared to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually a very challenging topic because the environment around the car keep changing. Now it can be windy, it can be stormy, it can be hailstorm, whatever, water, foggy as well. Yeah, foggy now is, that's probably for you, for your eyes, you, you, the, the fog disrupt your visual, so you, you can't see further away. But for example, for a type of lidar detector, whatever, it might see like you might use like some sort of wavelength that pass through the water, for example. So all these things are very cool. The, the, the complicated stuff is how to, in my opinion, is to arrange, tell the car, hey, this is the way you need to look and this is what you're looking because the car doesn't know what it's looking. The car it's just the tech stuff, yeah. but doesn't know whether it's a, an animal, <laughs> a wall, or a human being, for example. So all these need to be instructed somehow, and the rules of selection, this is something that goes to software yeah. part. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so well, for you want you you wanna peoples, they might <laughs> know how to arrange these things. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's uh, for example, like Nvidia here shows, I'm starting to actually feel like I'm promoting Nvidia a bit too much. Yeah, so, change change website now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just, just one of one of many. Yeah, I would yeah. Say. yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, if it's <clears throat> if the car is controlled by, <clears throat> excuse me. If, uh, if some part of the, for example, the visual part, uh, or the collecting and, or rather not collecting, but handling and processing the visual data and, and the data from, from its sensors, if that is controlled by an, uh, neural network, it doesn't actually sort of, um, the sort of the point is that it only handles that it doesn't. It doesn't really make any judgments. It makes, it might make decisions, but it doesn't make judgments. So it's the only thing that it's going to say is sort of from, from this data, what, what, what does it see? It's not making any judgments whether or not it should sort of slow down or speed up or turn left or turn right. This has to be handled by some other uh, part of the system. So there's always this um processing of raw data uh coming up with some sort of easier to process uh, output which is then have passed to some higher level system which is then based on these inputs again sort of making making their decision or their output so and when, <clears throat> when is uh, this uh neural network working you kind of need to teach them what to look for also because uh, yeah if you pass by with a uh, with a bike how can the software knows that this is a bike it can be a moving something 
So also how a bike uh, would react, how a bike moves in the environment. Yeah, but you this need is a tech software to know how, like, okay, this is a person, so it's yeah. not gonna go 50 kilometer per hour. It's gonna go this speed, and it can do these things. Exactly. Maybe cross the street right away, so you can be prepared. And it, if a bike moves, you can see, yeah, the bike is gonna go this way, and I mean, it's really complicated then to teach to a software how to do things that we know because we learn from someone like when you take your driver license they teach you these things basically you have to do the same with the software this is exactly yeah. what i what i meant before like how how the, the the this everything is uh i would say about thinking because you have experienced how a bike behaves yeah. you know that bike can go at maximum speed or a minimum speed and can be i don't know according to how the guy is biking for example you know if he has like a lot of whatever <laughs> stuff around yeah <laughs> stuff around you know he's not very stable guy or maybe a very sporty guy with a sporty bike he he knows you know you know how he might behave so you take uh i would say not a defensive well, but you prepare yourself but... for exactly you know happen, that yeah. maybe if he's crazy he might you know cut your your path yeah or whatever anything the car or anything that anything that is automated doesn't know because it doesn't have experience so you have so to it teach. doesn't learn that's the point you have to teach exactly the software so what to do yeah that's what i meant of you know uh, advanced software and advanced uh thinking cap uh, capabilities taking decisions based on uh, how a bike works. Yes, I, I mean, we always end up there because basically Skynet is the solution. Of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> I first welcome our AI overlords. Yes, so we already have friends with you, Hannah, so we are okay. But uh, <laughs> if, if you're not, you better get some AI to get friends with you. Yeah, yeah. I can, uh, I can acquaint you with my my uh overlords <laughs> ai friends <laughs> yeah yeah and uh yeah so i think most of this uh conversation would actually be we, we could have this exact same conversation and be only talking about robots or uh, computer vision ah yeah how, it's, how it's all the same yeah it's yes. a very very interesting topic uh in and of itself when they first yeah. started making we, these we might have a discussion the... about uh, just that maybe one time that's your stuff yeah. I, I i really do love robots and everything is automated yeah yeah and there's it's a very, very fascinating there's a very interesting sort of overlap between uh cognitive science which is basically the science of of the human mind or the brain how does it work uh, and how are decisions made and then uh computer software and controlling robots or autonomous cars there's a very lots of um similar things uh, it's kind of funny somehow because we kind of want to teach software to think like us and it would be really so cool if well it's probably impossible now but how a software would actually think like mm. an artificial intelligence if it's not trained by a human how would it be because we are kind of teaching the AI in a certain way or at least putting rules that they are good for us but for the AI those rules might be completely useless and have different rules yeah yeah that would be kind of interesting to know 
but maybe yeah. it can be <laughs> for for the future we have to find someone that knows these things and this makes me think about was one of the stories of Isaac Asimov mm. I don't know if you guys know yeah, he's a writer yeah. of yeah. yeah there was like the rules of you know robotics and uh, that was actually yeah it was a movie as well yeah, probably yeah, yeah the book it's is fire, I robot right? yeah yeah also the movie right. it's I robot also yeah okay <clears throat> it's really good that is actually very cool very very cool sci-fi stories to read I should, I should probably read that book I, I read other small stories about Isaac Asimov but he's actually yeah he has a great he oh had probably a great mind he's one of a, he was actually a physics uh, teacher so he he knows mm. he knows the shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. many many scientists have become writers yeah, a sci-fi yeah. writer, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you kind of know already. Well, after spending a whole life yeah. doing stuff that nobody else understands, then you maybe you're <laughs> kind of frustrated. Yeah, make a, <laughs> you wanna, make a story. You want to yeah. make a funny story or, you know, weird stuff that maybe people, ah, oh, this is actually nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, this is interesting. I've been working all my life in these kind of things. Look, <laughs> it can be good. <laughs> No one understood me. Okay, so yeah. now I'm gonna do some uh, connection to the next topic in a very smart way. Oh, but it's not smart but anymore. Let's but let's uh, hear it. About speaking, all, about working all your life. So Nicola has been working all his life. In well, in the wow. in the last years. <laughs> <laughs> in quality control, or well, not quality control, but. You need to know about quality well, control you know, processes, okay? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were talking about cars driving itself. And yeah, that's that, all that, connected. Which, which, which is a very, uh, I would say, hidden cinemas of safety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you, it's nice to you know to to jump on a self-driving car if it's safe. So, <laughs> so what is the sense, I mean, the meaning of safety uh, worldwide is, you know, industry. So everything that human beings do every day needs to be safe, needs to be traced, needs to be reproducible, needs to be, has, needs to have, you know, uh, useful working and all these, everything. Um, trying to put this very simple because trying to avoid math as much as possible. It needs to go down to statistics and how you do process control. So statistical process control is the way that you know what you're doing and you control what you're doing. So we should yeah. have a Johanna put in the, the math in the screen. We have the Wikipedia links. Okay. <laughs> <Just>. Yeah. <laughs> so you can look at the math and Nicola is trying to avoid that. Well, you know, yeah, it can be interesting to see a graph. But anyway, <laughs> you know, you, you you can't say I know stuff when you control it and when you can control the deviation of whatever let's say that you you make forks you have a company that makes forks for example and you make thousands of forks every day knife and forks and spoons whatever cutlery nice <laughs> and you know your customers or even any safety <laughs> standard says you need to make a fork 
in a certain you know dimension if you exceed that or if it's too short or it's too small it's useless so how you achieve that control is when you make you know when you control all the fabrication process and every step that goes from step zero to step last step you know what you're doing and you know you can reproduce the step so you start collecting data these data are numbers for example and you start putting these numbers in a temporal graph for example and you see it will move up it will move down it will move in a certain way so you, that is the first step of doing statistical process, process control when you control when you collect everything you do you put it in a graph that Joanna was showing before if you scroll down a little bit a little bit more a little bit more more down down i think it's uh, that that's it for example okay so that is a very typical um sq chart statistical quality chart or whatever you want to call it it's fine uh so that points rep may represent anything for example may represent i don't know uh, a dimension or an electrical value or anything that is necessary for your products so make. the length so, of the fork using your fork in my example, stupid, yeah. yeah in my <laughs> silly example yeah number of spikes a number of spikes. <laughs> That's actually very nice. And it's oxidate between one <laughs> and five. <laughs> well, if you are, if you have one spike, it still work. If you have zero spikes, then then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not for. So that is you know, it's the what every, every day the industry does is to control this and and predict and to understand uh, if why a certain point moving in one way in the graphs or another way. So all this is done by models or we can call selection rules or we can call Western electrical rules, whatever things. There's a whole of, you know, all the things I'm saying here can be, you know, they're written in books. <laughs> Go and read Tons them. <laughs> of books. People might have also degrees out of this i mean there's a lot of behind and there's a lot of statistics math and uh, it might be some complicated sometimes but once you start thinking this way it gets natural to you to to uh, discriminate what is a random fluctuation and what is a non-random fluctuations now random fluctuations are good well not good but they're friendly let's say they are there, right? We all know everything fluctuates. <laughs> Shit happens. From the macro world to the nano world, with the quantum world, everything, you know, moves. But what, as an engineer, what I'm in more interested in is non-random fluctuations of deviations. So if there's a systematic deviation, that, that means that there must be a problem somewhere. So, so if, you, if you use the graph that is there, shown there. And... Yeah, that one, for example, you have a trend. You can see there's a downtrend going down, like to a down to towards a lower limits, for example. For like all this. Okay, let's go. I'm going to ask you a question now. So 
the because there are these uh, horizontal lines and that the dots are so the scale the dots is a time scale probably yeah which one yeah you well you know it's the your frequency of whatever yeah okay so uh, it's when you take data your collection. data collection okay let's say it's a time scale basically mm -hmm. if you want to say okay and then there is the line in the middle where all the points kind of hover around mm -hmm. okay and then there are the lines on the top and on the bottom so what are those telling us wow yeah okay right okay we're getting there yeah yeah i'm gonna ask uh, the hard questions now <laughs> No, but actually, it's a good point because when when you talk about distribution, then um, and also for I'm gonna I'm gonna use bad words in the <laughs> sense that they are very heavy, heavy words like process capability. Whoa, <laughs> that is what a process capability uh, uh, chart is, for example, when uh, your uh, whatever value that you're measuring must be within a certain limit outside this window these limits uh it's not working or it's failing or something is not doesn't have quality or it's not safe for example so what, what you see in the graph is uh actually you have a window so you have an upper control limits or lower control limits people might call control limits other people might call specification limits there's a lot of uh, way of calling and I'm saying this because one means something and one means something else if you want to know this <laughs> <laughs> I can say that the spec limits is what makes device work everything works if you're within those limits, it's good. It's working. It's fine. Right? There's life. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> if it falls outside the spec limit, it's dead. Like, it's 100% failure for sure. Control <laughs> limits, on the other hand, are usually within the spec limits and are used a lot by process engineers. Uh, for example, I work as a process engineer to detect that hey, there's a my 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 processes are deviating so out of distribution. So I'm creating a second distribution. The second distribution might be within the spec limits and still working fine, but still doesn't matter. It's deviating. Why? Go and check it out. Do other tests. Try to debug the situation and try to understand why this. So, so the, the out of spec of limit work... is uh, kind of the, the end of the, the tail over there. Well, it's going out of in, this... in industry, if something goes out of spec, it gets trashed okay. right away. Yeah. If something goes out of control, it doesn't get trashed, but there's a lot of work to understand why it went, it yeah. changed. You somehow. need to fix something. Yeah. You know, you want to, you want to retarget, retune all these yeah. actions and for example, this is what it leads if Yuan goes up a little bit. More and more. <laughs> up, up. <laughs> there was a chart with a like logic chart. That one in the middle. No, that one. Yeah. That is what is called OCAP. 
out of control action plan. So if you have a trend going on, if you have a second distribution going on, you want to put that study the situation and put in this kind of chart to understand what to, you know, is this for this? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. You continue this way. No, you continue this way. So in this way, you actually achieve maximum control of your process of your deviations and you achieve a maximum control for anything. If something doesn't exist that you see it for the first time, you will create a new chart or a new flow like that, like this to putting all these, uh, not seen or first time seen behavior, for example. So you this start is very fascinating. Is the machine on? Yes. No. And the <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I speak in general and I want to go into details. Yeah, of course. Come on. There's a, yeah, there's, yeah, dude, actually, there's a, <laughs> it's actually crazy. Looks a, like, looks a bit like Monopoly. Start here. Uh, oh, you, shit, you have to go to the jail. <laughs> you don't get thousands or whatever it is. Uh, it's crazy because every day, I mean, you, you use uh, a car, you use, you jump on a plane, you take a train, you take a bus, you go, you know, to the hospital for surgery and, yeah, this... you know, to get use a pen anything the pen i mean everything needs to be controlled because everything needs to be safe so you take safety as granted but behind the word safety there's, there's a legion of engineers legion there's a universe <laughs> of people working this endlessly hour not stopping trying to control trying to detect try to you know modelize the problem itself it's very fascinating i i love engineering for this very reason because you don't want your process to be perfect because if your process is perfect you're jobless come on there's nothing to do there's no learning skynet i mean exactly it's when your process get can we say bad words yeah we can fucked up <laughs> it's totally not safe for for work this yeah. yeah that yeah. is where they was where you start thinking hey what's going on and then you start making tests and then in the end of hours of work weeks month you will have a knowledge that only you have and there's been the history of industries uh also nowadays some problems that they are so big that they are shared among um field of industries automotive we were talking about before automotive is one of the pushing leaders of safety for example and for example anything that is around automotive must oblige to these kind of standards uh, there's a lot of audits in the company where i work that because my company has custom in automotives that comes in our house in our fabs and start looking hey why are you doing this hey what is this but is this controlled and how you control it? They ask questions because they are responsible for the products they sell to the customers, but they're not made by them, for example, but they are used by them. So everything is to be achieved maximum control in the end. And it's, it's very powerful tools. Uh, there's a lot of 
methodology, there's a lot of um, strategy. Uh, the more the more you see, the more you will find out that things will deviate. It will they will change in time, and you need to be there in, in the spot and detect these problems before it goes out of the specifications. So what we learn basically is that engineers have jobs because shit goes bad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you really hope exactly, that exactly yes. you really hope the entropy <laughs> still works if you want to have a job if you're an engineer. And more you use stuff, more they break, dude. That yeah. this is something. <laughs> this is something that we should all know by now. If you don't more use, yeah. If you use something, it's gonna break. <laughs> if you if you don't see, it, it doesn't exist. If you don't use it, it doesn't break. Yeah. <laughs> True story. So, uh, uh, now we're gonna go to the next section again in a smart way. It's like something that you cannot see. It's something that Johanna has in its house. Oh, yes. But first, 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 let's let's give out another free game. So Ooh. if you got here and oh. you are listening until now, oh, good, you, oh, it's, oh. it's pretty cool. So I have here a code that you have to put in Steam, and I'm gonna read it now. And uh, it's five R H J zero F T A Y E four P R X six. First serve, first uh, get the shit. And uh, first come first serve. Type it. <laughs> and uh, okay, you now you can take away this uh, statistic control. Okay. We got enough of this. <laughs> we are done. <laughs> we are done. I will actually put my fabulous wallpaper back. Yeah. And nice. uh, at this point, tell us what is in your house. Oh, which one? Well, well, I mean, well, what, what thing? Okay, well, yeah, I'm not going to make a joke about anyone being trapped <laughs> in my house. <laughs> um, the thing I think that you you mean is Linux server. No, I was meaning you... about your oven. Oh, yes, yes. I have this very beautiful <laughs> oven that has a d digital clock on it. And uh, yeah, it's very powerful. Okay, Linux and, server. Anyway, uh, Linux server, yes. Um, I decided to build a Linux server for myself, or uh, just for just for fun, basically. The sort of the idea came some time ago when I wanted to upload, or as as Git users say, push some code uh, somewhere, sort of to a remote repository, so that it's somewhere else than just my own hard drive. Um, I didn't want to put it to GitHub, and I don't have the paid version of GitHub, so everything I put there is actually public. So I thought, well, I have my own website, so why shouldn't I use the web portal that I actually use to host the website? Why wouldn't I use it to also store some, some code when other private things that I want to sort of be accessible anywhere? Well, I tried, but I found out that the web portal that I'm using is um, one of the well, it's the sort of the cheapest version, which means that uh, one Linux server somewhere is sort of divided between multiple users. So I don't have root access, which means I can't actually do anything with the with the server. 
I can put some. This. Yeah, I mean, I can. It's it's basically just cold, dead uh, storage. I can put things there and I can take them, but I can't, for example, install any new programs or, you know, if there if if something doesn't work there, I can't do anything about it because I don't have any rights to do anything. So this was the motivation. I decided, well, it's pretty cheap and it's interesting and I've never done it and I have no idea how to do it. So why not actually do it? This is the best way to start doing new cool things. So um, the total cost of my beautiful, beautiful server machine that I will show you once I get my webcam is, I think it was 150 euros and mostly um, 90 euros of that or not 90 or 100 euros of that was the just the chassis with the um, the power unit so okay <laughs> I, I basically have so it's a very expensive an, box for your server yeah yeah but it's also so very beautiful <laughs> it's it's very beautiful it's it's elegance hype uh, yeah so it was actually overall very cheap I mean, you could get it a lot cheaper as well. Probably you could, if you have some parts lying around, you could get it for free or, I don't know, with 10 euros or 20 euros or whatever. Um, so far, what I've done is is um, I've only installed Git that I mentioned so that I can sort of do work from home or from work or wherever I have my laptop or actually even my Android phone because there's an app that you can sort of use SSH which is secure shell it's a sort of shell you I can take a connection to my server from anywhere cool what I what I thought show, to do next us, do it do it for now from your computer and show us uh, all your well, secret well, <laughs> well I would have to let's see if I have Putsy installed I'm in Windows right now ah true yeah well then I guess not <laughs> Well, you I can, don't need I can to show your secret, it's okay. I can prepare it for uh, next time. So I can... Server, sort of... server reveal next time. <laughs> yeah. What I actually thought to do next is, because I've, um, I have now multiple computers and some of, some of the data that I have sort of had or, or have on my computer right now, some documents or pictures or, or some text files, Picture, I have uh -huh. had... I have had them from, I don't know, maybe 15 years since my first computer, and I have just migrated them uh, from computer to computer whenever I change computers or install a new program. That's awesome, is, man. It's it's sort of, it's uh, it's pretty tedious doing that, so I yeah. thought, and also... I was actually thinking about this a few days ago, all the pictures I took, since I have a camera in my hand, they've been, you know, collected in different hard drivers. Mm -hmm. Some of those are gone forever. <laughs> Some others still work, but they are somewhere in a box. <laughs> yeah. In the whatever storage room. And thinking about putting everything you do in one space, which is not physically, but like in the cloud, well, okay, you have, you have a server, but you know, something that you can access to any problem and to dump all your data, something that I would love to have actually. Yeah, my current plan is, uh, as I was explaining, I have some, some of these files and 
and are sort of they are on two different computers and it's sort of annoying when you think um, you have only your laptop and you think oh oh crap the thing that I actually yeah. want or need is on the other computer. So I decided that I will make one uh, folder called documents which contains all of this um, everything that I have written everything that I have done all the small That's or great. large uh, programming uh, projects or whatever I will put them all in the same place then create a git repository which means mm -hmm. I will push this data to my server and then I can start making um, uh, I can back upping my server to for example Amazon Glacier or any any other place, but I can create backups which are encrypted. So okay. awesome. So you I still just to, basically you upload to some external cloud server just the archive. Yeah, yeah. Of your exactly. stuff, so you cannot really directly access the stuff. You can only access the whole archive. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So nice. It's, it's more more secure in the sense that uh, whatever big corporation they can't sort of do anything with the data because it's just you know useless bits if yeah. you don't know how to decrypt it it's just it's just raw data and that's it but if i download it to my own server then i can for example if something goes wrong with it then i can uh get all the backups and then spread out the information to any computer and all, all the computers are sort of automatically uh in sync and they all have the same data and i can use any computer anywhere sort of in the same way that's really cool it's basically what you do with your phone when you do something and it connects to the server of whatever company sold your phone but it's your own yeah yeah in that sense yes and freaking awesome and and sort of at some point once i start understanding more about how to do things um i will obviously move my website to my uh, server sometime in the future and then probably start uh, building up an email server as well so uh, I don't have really to cool so I don't have to use the only problem that I can well the first problem that comes to mind and sort of the most annoying problem is, is spam because these uh, for example Gmail has an extremely good uh, filter yeah, that's true yeah uh, you don't have in your own email server. yeah yeah I mean if you do the whole thing yourself probably there might be some ready-made things in the internet but i have no zero mm -hmm. idea about yeah. this I, I don't know anything oh about this. yeah an unshell mailbox nowadays on internet <laughs> crazy <laughs> I, I don't think it doesn't survive no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah server yeah. is dead you need to have minutes. yeah you need to have like a lot of filtering systems whatever i have no idea how it club. works yeah. but i know it works <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know it's crazy how the amount of junk data you is get being... the junk even in the big names email That's provider true. so it's just in your own crazy yeah well Johanna, you will get you will have so many prince of nigeria telling you that they want <laughs> yeah, to give you money yeah. so <laughs> yeah, and and if all the emails uh, are true, then in a couple of years I will have the penis the size of a building and, and billions, billions and billions of <laughs> yeah, dollars. Yeah, you're the richest man on earth with the biggest penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the emails are true. Yeah, <laughs> but it's nice. I mean, if you know, 
This is actually a very hot topic in my opinion, because you know, with Facebook uh, privacy scandal, because to me, this is a scandal that a company sells to third companies stuff without asking you for very okay unethical they, they reasons. They kind of ask. They kind of ask you, and you say yes. That's the whole point. For Facebook, yes. Yeah. Within Facebook, they can do whatever you want with your stuff. Yes. True. You're right. But this case that happened last ah yeah last yeah, yeah. Week with Wait. the Cambridge Analytics, they didn't ask you, hey, we're gonna sell a bunch of you know information intel about you about to these guys and they're gonna pinpoint you and give you exactly only you your ip address this inf kind of informations whatever the information is buy an ice cream vote yeah, for good, trump good or bad doesn't whatever matter. it is okay they they, they picked the, the worst <laughs> kind of marketing ever because it's politics there's a lot of money behind it yeah but yeah. all this I am surprised that Facebook is still out there. Well, good luck to me. Facebook. <laughs> no, but uh, come on. It's important. To me, this is crazy, and the idea that Yuana has its own server that you can put whatever data you wants there, it is, and it doesn't have you know pass through any third services. Yeah, okay, maybe in the end, when you it has he collected like terabytes of terabytes of terabytes of. Of his pictures. <laughs> Maybe he, he needs probably to send some backup somewhere, like in the cloud, but you know, at least as I said, it's scripted because it's yeah, anything yeah. you want to send it. So it's yours, yeah. shit, you want to send it. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. I really fancy this because, in my opinion, my computer now, there's a lot of data on it. I have like a laptop, I have whatever computers around, and I have. Oh, this data is there. Oh wait, this data is there. Oh my god, I need to get a, a USB flash, yeah. whatever. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Move data from one point to another where I could just get one server up and running in the basement. I wouldn't even bother about it. I don't even know it exists. And get data from my phone, whatever I am in the world. That is something yeah. that it's freaking without, awesome. without using an, a corp, like some external service of course you can yeah. do that already exactly. you, you yeah. pay yeah. someone yeah and this is actually um it was a surprise to me how uh, easy so far this has been i mean th there are things to know and things to do but sort of for example i, I think one of the um, at least for me one of the biggest concerns was what if I get hacked or whatever? What, what if something, you know, someone breaks into and ah, oh no, yeah. whatever. Um, but there's actually, um, there's a very easy way to start doing, start learning about server while doing it and still being completely safe is that you just don't connect it to outside network. So, mm -hmm. so first you sort of just have it on your, uh, on your own inside network where nobody can get in. And you can sort of start learning how to how to do things and how how does it work, very very sort of in a um, in a safe environment, let's say. And then once you feel like once you have read read on all the security measures and what you're what you need to do and sort of how to be how to be safe and how to use a condom and so on, <laughs> you can go in go into the outside world. And <laughs> go play with the big guys. Yeah, nice. yeah, good, good.
the step-by-step learning process. So is the server now connected to the internet or not? Yeah, yeah, it ah, is. Okay, but, so, it is. so how do you make? Old... How do you do security there? Well, I don't have a password. That's the that actually uh, sort of counterintuitively. That's the first thing you should uh, sort of do is not to have a login information like password and and um, well, obviously you have to have your ID, but yeah. the, because the password would have to be 2,000 or 4,000 characters long to be as safe as these RSA keys. So basically what I do is I generate a key on every device that I want to use the server on. It creates two keys, one that is public key and one that is a private key. I give the public key to the server and then afterwards with the with the private key I can sort of connect so they are like two pieces of a puzzle that fit together. Sounds like so. blockchain to me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler for the future. <laughs> well, maybe maybe there are uh, similar similarities. Anyway, you have this very long uh, piece of garbage characters and whatever, and you sort of you have to somehow move this. So the first time that I how I did it was just actually using a USB because I have my server right next to me, so it's very easy. But then nowadays I can sort of get the public key to any device that I already have access to access rights to my private server, and then I can move that way okay that's really but interesting I, uh, there is something that we <coughs> usually should start looking into maybe when you know how to do all these things you can come here teach us then we do it yeah and enrique yes. already said the same thing i i really recommend it because it's very interesting and it's a sort of a nice hobby yeah as well and it's not expensive yeah yeah exactly if, if you take a, a shitty box yeah basically if you have any old computer that works that's yeah. already yeah, you basically. already have yeah. a server and doesn't need to be powerful or anything as long as it uh yeah just yeah. runs i mean stuff the, the the only things that you need sort of well obviously if you want to do some computations on it then that's a whole different thing but yeah yeah um the only thing that sort of matter is you have enough uh random access memory if you yeah. have for example, a website which has lots of people accessing it, or you know, this kind of thing. Then or it if has you have to be powerful, yeah. But it's just yeah. your storage, then it's kind of yeah, storage and sort of other otherwise computer that you use as a as a control point to yeah, yeah. to other yeah, places. But that's, that's really interesting, and we we definitely are gonna speak more about this because the more you yeah. the, you learn, the more it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. cool to know things and. Yeah, we can actually learn something useful. Yeah, yeah, I can sort of give this information as I learn it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Keep my sort of experience on on uh, from the point of view of a total total noob. So, yeah, I think this uh, was a very nice, very nice discussion. Do you have anything else to add? Something that came out? No. No, I'm good. Okay, good. Well, then uh, next episode, well, we don't know what we will speak about, but next month, <laughs> next month we are going to start having real guests. Ooh, real guests. Real guests, yeah. 
So let's see how that Your goes. Faces. <laughs> and uh, hopefully by next week, uh, Johanna is going to have a webcam. But again, <laughs> Yay, it's not his choice. We're going to see him. <laughs> let's see. Let's we're going to see his face. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, you start the webcam, you have like the. Yeah, that's a mask. mask. <laughs> like, ah. I, I, <laughs> I actually have a commando, uh, like a cap or whatever. Or commando. <laughs> cool. A no, gas mask or something. That becomes a meme. Okay, cool. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, let's close this down. Thanks, everybody. If you got this far. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you got this far, I hope we Good talking. we said something interesting for you, and we will try next time to have something. Uh, cool and again. if you have any any um, suggestions, uh, yeah, topics, yeah, yeah, we are or, or, or ways to make comments, us better. Feedback. Yeah, we are on, on yeah. Twitter and at STI Podcast. Then we have an email that is STI Podcast at Outlook .com. Maybe it's gonna have. Be it, <laughs> we're gonna have an email on the Johanna server at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you can always comment <laughs> over here, and uh, there is always a only audio version uploaded if you don't want to look at our faces. Maybe it's even much better. I, I would even add if anyone is listening to us that has topics and is maybe it's an expert or she's an expert on something, they can come here, share, yeah. share with us. And uh, have a podcast with us and be our yeah, guest yeah, and start, not? you know, chatting be... and talking. Yeah, exactly. Especially, it's always nice to learn. Especially, especially if you're an expert on something that we talked about, you can correct us because yes, <laughs> yes, please <laughs> do. It. All you said it was bullshit. Here's the real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I have a Wikipedia page on, you know, open. <laughs> <laughs> the secret of knowledge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, nice. So see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.